Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. A tiny babe. Cursed by a mother who didn't want him the instant he left her womb. His father looked on in the dark corner, lurking and unnoticed by the humans gathered around. Let this child be a devil, his mother cried with resentment. His father's eyes glowed red and simmered with rage. How dare this unworthy human not to adore the gift that I gave her? She will pay dearly for her sin against me and my son. The father approached the child, the clanking of his heavy hooves unnoticed by the humans. He leaned and brushed the babe's head with bony clawed fingers. Arise, my son. This is your world now. May the powers of hell give you strength and guide you. Spread your wings and baptize yourself in their blood. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing the Jersey Devil. What is this demonic monster lurking in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey? This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. If you love the paranormal and all things horrific, you should check out Guide to the Unknown. Guide to the Unknown is a podcast about horror movies and the paranormal. Every week, siblings Kristen Anderson and Will Rogers discuss pop culture and the unexplainable from the perspective of a celebratory skeptic, Will, and a believerish, Kristen. Favorite episodes include a look at haunted amusement parks, the account of a seance they attended in a paranormal bookstore, and a breakdown of the Silent Hill horror video game series. New episodes come out every Friday on all major podcast apps, including Spotify, as well as a video version of the show on youtube.com forward slash talkbomb. Shooting his mouth off kept Will knee-deep in trouble. 
but it was a habit he would soon regret. He loved a challenge. After all, running his mouth was an unspoken requirement if you wanted to get enough subscribers. Can you imagine a Harry Potter-Markiplier combination? That is Will, or at least that is the way he pictured himself. He was a 28-year-old aspiring YouTuber with boyish good looks, nerdy charm, and a taste for adventure. YouTube had not just been his favorite way to spend Algebra 2, church with his parents, and every evening since junior high. It had also been his dream to have his own successful channel. Will had grown up in Mississippi, but right before his senior year in high school, his dad had been transferred to Chatsworth, New Jersey. At this time, he had already had his YouTube channel Will Thrill up and running with a minimum of one upload a week. He had tried his hand at live gameplay recordings, but that didn't go as well as he hoped. He got bored with it quickly, and he found that he had tons of requests for horror games such as Resident Evil and Silent Hill, which he absolutely refused to do. He had never been a fan of horror-themed anything, what he didn't tell his fan base was that when he was 10, he had watched Pumpkinhead with his brother and had nightmares for a week. He even wet the bed one night. Nope, he had no interest, desire, or inclination of making a fool of himself online. So it was a shock to him when he came up with a new idea for his channel that would put him in some very scary situations. His idea was to take dares from subscribers and have himself recorded acting them out. Of course, there were obvious rules. Any form of hate dares, dares that cause bodily harm to others or animals, the run-of-the-mill rules to keep anyone from getting hurt or offended. Right away, Will changed his channel name to Will or Will Not, but the name Will Thrill was his trademark and shifted to his handle. Will or Will Not was a hit almost overnight. The best thing about taking dares from fans was that there were so many of them that he could pick and choose which dares he would or could do. That was until he got dared to complete a task that was the hardest and scariest thing he had ever done. Will made a post letting his viewers know that he would be moving and that got them buzzing about the Jersey Devil. There were a lot of jokes about him getting carried off or eaten by the winged demon. When moving to New Jersey, it wasn't long at all until you learned about the local legend, the demonic flying monster that had terrorized the Pine Barrens for centuries. Will hadn't been in his new school for a week when he first heard the tales and within days he had heard every detail of the story more than once. Apparently, it was a rite of passage for the local kids to scare the hell out of newbies with the story. He met Brad and Dennis in the office on the first day. He was getting registered for classes and they were waiting on the principal for a first day of school lecture. The two boys were jokesters who tended to stay in trouble. Will was about to head out to find his first class when the boys were leaving the office. That is when they made their introductions and offered to show him to class. These two boys became Will's best friends, and even though they got into enough trouble that year to write a book about, 
let's get to the part that you are here to hear about. Brad and Dennis were immediately drawn into Will's YouTube world, but it didn't take long for the pair to figure out that ghosts and monsters were never going to be on Will's to-do list for his show. A lot of their time was spent trying to convince him that a good horror episode would boost his ratings. When they realized Will was not going to give in, they secretly formed a plan to force his hand. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Jersey Devil is a monstrous anomaly, a demonic entity created by the devil through a human mother. For over 200 years, the devil has haunted the wooded pine barrens of New Jersey in his hideous form. Though he has a willowy form, his body is powerful. It is covered in black fur from his long, thin neck to his cloven hooves. Atop its neck is a hideous head, combining the worst features of a horse, goat, and a dog, and it has burning red eyes that glow in the dark. Like a horse, this demonic creature has large round nostrils, while two goat-like horns shoot from the creature's forehead, just above its twitching ears. Within the black maw that is the Jersey Devil's mouth are extremely sharp fangs and teeth, and from its black gums and curled lips, it drools like a rabid dog. In many descriptions, it walks upright, but in others, it walks on all fours, possibly switching back and forth when necessary, making it look like a cross between a monkey and a dog. It has two relatively short but powerful arms tipped with sharp claws that can shred flesh on the slightest brush. It has two leathery bat-like wings with talons at each tip that span approximately two feet. As it flies through the night sky, its body is shrouded in a sinister yellow aura. It also has a mournful yet terrifying cry. A supernatural demon, the Jersey Devil possesses supernatural strength, speed, and flying agility. It is seemingly invulnerable to harm, withstanding even a cannonball through its body with no apparent effects. The Jersey Devil can fly, regardless of its short wingspan, and its wings can be used as deadly weapons, 
as the creature has been seen using its talon-tipped wings to cut through the trunks of trees with ease. The Jersey Devil can become invisible at will, allowing it access to even the most heavily guarded homes or livestock. It may be able to camouflage itself like a chameleon. Its foul-smelling breath can curdle milk and has been known to kill the entire fish population in a lake with a single breath. Along with its stinking breath, the Jersey Devil can breathe fire, using it to injure or blind attackers or potential prey. The Devil is constantly surrounded by its evil ambience that causes bad fortune to fall upon all witnesses. It may have other supernatural powers that it has yet to display. Some people believe that the Jersey Devil may not have supernatural powers at all, but it is highly likely that they are wrong. Because the Jersey Devil seems to be immune to most weapons, it is nearly impossible to destroy it. However, due to the history of its birth, it may in fact be weak against holy symbols, such as a crucifix or the Bible. Traveling with a bright lantern or building a fire may be a good idea, since light might discourage the devil from attacking. If you know anything about the Pine Barrens, you might know about its demonic resident. Deep in the heart of South Jersey lies a huge span of dark, desolate woods. These trees give off an eerie feeling as if one is constantly being watched. The plants are so dense, it is often hard to follow a path and you never know what kind of wildlife is hiding in the brush. You have no idea where they are, but you can be sure that they are watching you. The legend of the Jersey Devil has existed for over 265 years, since before the birth of our country. It has terrorized, puzzled, and intrigued New Jersey's population since the 1700s. It is a mystery that has been passed down from generation to generation and remains unsolved to this day. Two centuries after the birth of this legend, we still only have myths, theories, and horrifying recounts of sightings. The story begins in 1735, a Measures Leeds of Smithville was pregnant. This was to be her 13th child and Mrs. Leeds was feeling old before her time. As her labor began one stormy night, she cursed the unborn baby during a fit of painful contraction, saying, Let this child be a devil. Mrs. Leeds soon forgot her curse when the midwife placed a beautiful baby boy in her arms. Suddenly, the baby's body began to mutate and Mrs. Leeds watched in horror as the baby's face elongated to resemble a bat or a horse, and long dark wings sprouted from his shoulder blades. His legs grew long and thin, and his pudgy feet hardened and formed into hoof-like extremities. Fear gripped all in the room as long claws grew from the baby's fingertips and his blue eyes yellowed. The creature before them now showed no resemblance to the baby it had been just moments before its transformation. The cry of an infant in the next room caught the creature's attention. Rushing to the room, it scooped its baby brother out of his crib, opened its mouth impossibly wide, and swallowed the infant whole. 
The beast then proceeded to slaughter and devour its remaining brothers and sisters, as well as the midwife. Looking back on its mother, the beast let out an ear-piercing scream and then turned, burst through the roof of the cabin, and flew off into the night. That is the most common and widely accepted version of the legend. However, there are several variations to the story. Let's look at these variations. There are two possible names of the Jersey Devil's mother, Mrs. Leeds and Mrs. Shrouds. Carrie Bowen, a local at Leeds Point, once asserted that the name was Shrouds, and the actual house that the creature was born in was the Shrouds' house. According to Atlantic County historian Alfred Heston, both names are possible. Heston's research showed that both a Daniel Leeds and a Samuel Shrouds lived in Leeds Point around the time of the legend. Heston claimed that he also discovered that the Shrouds had lived directly across the river from the Leeds house. This fact adds to another variation. Perhaps the Jersey Devil had been an illegitimate child who was cursed by the townspeople before birth. The father of the Jersey Devil has always been an arguable topic also. Some do not believe that either Mr. Leeds or Mr. Shrouds was the actual father. In fact, they do not believe that the Jersey Devil has a human father. They believe the creature to be a product of Satan himself, mixed with human flesh to give it a body. This is the most popular and more terrifying theory. Another variation of the story of the Jersey Devil's creator is that it was the direct result of a curse from a gypsy. This variation states that Mrs. Leeds, Shrouds, had denied food to a starving gypsy, who then placed a curse on the pregnant woman. Yet another variation says that Mrs. Leeds, Shrouds, could have been involved in witchcraft. There are even reports of a witch trial held around this time in Mount Holly, New Jersey. There are also several variations on the events of the Jersey Devil's birth. Some say that the creature was born as a devil and never resembled a human. Other variations also say that before the Jersey Devil flew off into the Pine Barrens, it killed and ate everyone present, including its own siblings. It has also been said that assuming it did not kill everyone in the room, the Jersey Devil would return to its home for years and sit perched on a fence. After a while, its mother, not knowing what to do with her deformed child, shooed it away, and it never returned. The Jersey Devil must have begun to roam New Jersey boldly as soon as it was born. Immediately, the residents of the Pine Barrens were reporting sightings of the monstrous creature and the residents were terrified. They could not believe their eyes as an unknown winged, serpent-like creature appeared all around the Pine Barrens, seemingly unaffected by human presence. The first five years after its birth were so horrific that in 1740, a bold clergyman decided to exorcise the Jersey Devil, banning it from contact with humans. The people of the Pine Barrens received instant relief as the sightings suddenly ceased. The legend lived on and was passed down from generation to generation with a warning that the exorcism would only last for 100 years and that those who live in the Pine Barrens in the 1840s should be prepared for the creature's return.
During the 100-year exorcism period, only two sightings were recorded. These two sightings do not contradict the exorcism. It was humans who encountered the beasts in the woods, not the beasts that found them. In both cases, no harm befell any humans or their possessions. Both sightings came from highly reputed figures during that time. The first, which occurred sometime between 1800 and 1820, involved naval hero Commodore Stephen Decatur. Decatur was visiting Hanover Ironworks, where he was testing cannonballs to ensure high quality. While out in the Pine Barrens, Decatur noticed a strange creature flying overhead. He immediately fired a cannonball through the beast and was shocked when the creature continued flying, completely unaffected by the gigantic hole the cannonball had created through its wing. The second sighting was made by the former King of Spain and brother of Napoleon, Joseph Bonaparte. Bonaparte resided in Border Town and believed to have seen the Jersey Devil while hunting between 1816 and 1839. In both cases, the Jersey Devil did not seek out any human contact. It was merely observed while existing peacefully in the Pine Barrens. The people of New Jersey experienced no strange losses of livestock, and all seemed peaceful and calm during the Jersey Devil's exorcism. This all changed when the exorcism period was up. In 1840, the Jersey Devil reappeared with a vengeance, right on schedule. The Jersey Devil's first act was a raid on livestock, and as a result many people lost many sheep and chickens. 1841 was a continuation of this raid, but this time the Jersey Devil left more evidence. During its livestock theft, it screamed chillingly and left unidentifiable tracks. Search parties were formed, but all attempts to locate this creature were unsuccessful. The return of the Jersey Devil caused panic, and the residents of the Pine Barrens were once again gripped in fear, just as their ancestors had been 100 years before. In 1858, W.F. Mayer of New York was visiting Hanover Ironworks, the site where Decatur had seen the creature, and noticed how odd the Pine Barren residents acted. They seemed constantly nervous and uneasy. One resident mentioned something about seeing a devil to Mayer, and was hushed by other residents, fearing that the devil could be listening. Mayer also noticed that no resident of the Pine Barrens would ever dare to venture outside after dark. In 1859, the Jersey Devil was seen in Haddonfield and then remained unseen until the winter of 1873-74, where it was seen periodically in Bridgeton and Long Branch. The creature continued to raid livestock and was believed to carry off anything that moved. In 1894, the Jersey Devil made appearances throughout New Jersey, visiting Smithville, Long Beach Island, Brigginton Beach, Leeds Point, and Haddonfield. In 1899, the Jersey Devil raided Vincetown and Burrsville, and then decided to expand its horizon and head for New York. The creature made its first out-of-state appearance in Spring Valley, New York where a resident was repeatedly losing sheep and hearing what he described as ungodly screams. 
At one point, the residents spotted the thief and described it as a flying serpent. This resident's report would be the first Jersey Devil sighting ever to be published in newspapers. By the turn of the century, the Jersey Devil's existence became a common belief in New Jersey and its bordering states. The people believed that an evil, supernatural creature lived in the Pine Barrens. The people also believed that the sightings and tales would soon die out, and that the legend of the Jersey Devil had run its course. Soon they would realize that they were sadly mistaken, and the legend of the Jersey Devil would live on. The 1900s was an explosion for the Jersey Devil legend. In 1909, the largest batch of Jersey Devil sightings ever recorded occurred. The Jersey Devil was seen by over 100 people in a single week. January 16th through January 23rd has been justly named Phenomenal Week. During this time, a wide range of people throughout the Delaware Valley spotted the winged beast. Some sightings were seen by large groups of people at once. Other sightings were made by residents who were awakened in the middle of the night to strange noises in the darkness. The huge number of sightings caused New Jersey to enter state of emergency, with all residents instructed to be in their homes before dark and to secure all animals at night. Newspapers were filled with detailed sightings and accounts, although many of the articles seemed mocking in tone. The people of the area were terrified, especially those living deep in the heart of the Pine Barrens. The Jersey Devil became New Jersey's official demon in the 1930s, recognizing the history of the legend and its importance in New Jersey history. During the 1900s, however, the legend was scarred by the marks of scam artists attempting to make money off the people's fear. One man went to extremes to create a very elaborate hoax. He obtained a wild kangaroo, painted stripes on its fur, attached wings to its shoulder blades, and kept the creature in a dimly lit cage, charging all curious visitors a fee to get a look at what he claimed to be the Jersey Devil. When the visitors approached the cage, a man sitting behind the kangaroo, armed with a long stick with a nail in one end, would smack at the creature, causing it to lunge forward and shriek in pain, frightening all who saw. Eventually, the man came clean on his hoax, and since then the Jersey Devil has not been taken as seriously as it had been before. The charred remains of a strange creature were found somewhere in the Pine Barrens. These remains were unidentifiable by the Department of Wildlife and Conservation. They had no record of any such creature on file. Some believed these remains were those of the Jersey Devil and thought the legend was finally put to an end. But once again, the Jersey Devil returned. In 1951 to 1952, the Jersey Devil came back to New Jersey for the Gibstown-Paulsboro invasion. This invasion once again sent many people into a panicked state. Hunting parties were formed, and they attempted to track the creature. Yet dogs refused to follow its trail, and instead they whimpered and turned away. Because the legend was no longer taken seriously, mass hysteria was blamed for the cause of the uprise. Newspapers started refusing any sighting accounts, believing that they were just attempts at gaining recognition and attention. 
The Jersey Devil legends seem to be dying, but sightings continue to trickle in and have remained steady for many years. No theory can give a conclusive answer to what the Jersey Devil may be, but the sightings prove there is something out there. The people of New Jersey have seen something out there lurking in the Pine Barrens, and it still hungers for the taste of fear and revenge. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com, and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Exactly one month after moving to New Jersey, Will received a dare that he chose to ignore, but he wouldn't be able to ignore it for long. A subscriber, ironically with the username Bad Devil left a comment daring him to go on a hunt for the Jersey Devil. And the idea seemed to be contagious because suddenly, the comment section started blowing up. Will thought that if he ignored it, they would lose interest. But boy was he wrong. After three days and more than a thousand comments, he knew he was going to have to take the dare or damage his reputation. Brad and Dennis were very supportive, of course and promised to be with him every step of the way. This was a relief to Will. He was afraid he could never do this alone. They chose to travel a short distance to the nearby Wharton State Forest, the largest acreage of forest in New Jersey. Brad said he had camped there many times and knew the area well. The plan was to go to the campsite and hike for a couple of miles, and then leave the trail to find a secluded spot to record. They would only stay one night, which would mean less to pack and carry. They left early that Saturday, telling their parents as little as possible. Will was nervous initially, but his buddies put him at ease. They had promised to stay by his side and not to be pulling any pranks. They parked at the main campsite and hiked in. It was late afternoon when they left the trail to search for a place to camp. They found a perfect spot with a little opening in the forest where they would be able to see the stars. Brad had the steadiest hand, so he ran the camera. Dennis oversaw special effects, which basically meant he would do the fake scares. Will opened with his usual intro and an explanation of the dare that he had accepted. He seemed so confident, you would have no idea that he was getting more terrified as the forest grew darker. After telling his viewers about the legend of the Jersey Devil, aka the Leeds Devil, Will put on his headlamp and night vision goggles and they proceeded to walk around the wooded area of the camp. 
The whole thing was fake. They acted like they were deep in the forest when they were never more than 50 yards from the tent. They recorded long enough to get an hour of scary noises, and Will running until he fell face first and landed in some mud, which was not planned. They wrapped up with Will curling up in his sleeping bag and telling his viewers that if he made it through the night, they would continue in the morning. Feeling confident, they packed up the camera and equipment and sat around the fire to talk over the plan for recording through the night and into the morning. They were so busy making plans they didn't notice when the forest went quiet. It wasn't until a sudden wind almost blew the flames of their fire out and gave Will a chill that made goosebumps travel up his spine that they felt something was wrong. Hey, has it been this quiet all night? Or am I just spooking myself? Will asked Brad. Dude, I don't think so. But I wasn't really paying attention until just now. Brad seemed genuinely nervous. Will was skeptical, knowing his friend's reputation. But still, he couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. Dennis had the fire blazing again in minutes, and just as he settled back into his spot across from Will, the silence around them was shattered by the sound of timbers crashing in the forest. The boys sat upright, their eyes like saucers. You guys had better not be trying to scare me, Will warned in a hoarse whisper. Neither Brad nor Dennis replied. They were busy looking around the campsite at the tree line. Another crash came from the opposite side of the camp, closer than the one before. This brought the boys to their feet. They didn't even realize that they had huddled in with their backs to each other, each facing a different area of the forest. Brad cursed in pain as the fire licked his leg. He had gotten too close without even realizing it. When he jumped, Will and Dennis jumped too, taking the focus away from the forest until a screech that vibrated their eardrums sent them into a total panic. The three large teenage boys ran to the tent, almost tumbling over one another trying to get in. Regardless of a lot of cursing and shoving, they were finally all inside. Will was sure that if he hadn't been so scared, he would have laughed because they must have looked much like the Three Stooges. After securing the tent's opening, they lay there for what seemed like ages, not speaking. The night was quiet except for their heavy breathing. Will was starting to calm down and was about to speak when a flapping sound again broke the silence. The boys froze and listened as it grew closer. The tent began to shake. Will thought he heard Dennis whimpering. The flapping grew closer, and suddenly, there was a tearing sound from above, and a huge opening appeared as the top of the tent began to gape wide open. Then just as quickly, the quiet engulfed them again. The tent went still, and slowly they began to breathe. They were a tangle of limbs, hugging each other so tight it was hard to tell where one boy began and the other ended. Eventually, the quiet was replaced by the sound of the breeze shaking the rip in the tent and was gradually joined by the sound of crickets. Sometime later, 
probably exhausted from fear, the boys fell asleep. The sun prying into Will's eyes stirred him from his sleep. He pried Dennis's arm from around his back and shoved him aside. Brad was already awake, but just lying there staring at the large tear that had once been the roof of their tent. Waking Dennis, they cautiously exited the tent and searched the area as they gathered their things to leave. Everything was scattered all around, but nothing was missing. The tent was not salvageable, but they couldn't leave it in the forest, so they began to take it down. As Will was pulling up the stakes, he noticed something. In the mud, he found a set of large hoof prints that completely circled the tent. The boys went home. They watched the video they had made and began to edit, but to their surprise, something amazing had happened. That night, when they dove into the tent, someone must have kicked the camera because it came on. They got some unbelievable footage of a large winged creature shredding their tent. The Jersey episode went viral. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Unexplained Encounters and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week as we talk about America's first family of serial killers, the Bloody Benders. Whether it was witchcraft, cannibalism, or both, this family was just plain evil and vanished before they could be caught. <laughs>